Welcome to Rising Tide Startups, where today's most exciting solopreneurs share their startup stories. They also deliver tangible strategies that they would implement personally if starting their business over today. Each episode is a startup masterclass. Make sure you take notes. Take it away, Kevin. This is Kevin Pruitt with another episode of Rising Tide Startups, and my guest today is Heidi Denning. Heidi, thank you for joining me from all the way down under. Oh, my pleasure, Kevin. It's great to be here. And it's amazing that the interwebs can uh, can allow us to communicate without any buffering yeah. from literally the other side of the planet. So far, so good. That's right. So far, so good. <laughs> well, share a little bit with our audience about Heidi Dinning. Yeah, sure. Uh, well, uh, my name is Heidi Denning. I'm a keynote speaker here in Australia and, and, and overseas. Normally, <laughs> normally that's my day yeah. job. Right. <laughs> um, uh, I'm an author and an experienced educator who specializes in improving the resilience of organizations and their people so they can better deal with times of stress uncertainty and change which as you can imagine is pretty on brand sure. right now absolutely yeah. i mean yeah you you're either going to be have all your events canceled or you're going to be highly in demand there's there's no middle ground with, with the space that you're in so tell us how you kind of transition yeah. into that this space from what you were doing before yeah okay well it kind of starts with the tale of two businesses um i the first one was when I started from my stinky garage with $200 worth of secondhand equipment. And that grew and transitioned. We were able to get a, a premises, um, had to move premises another two times as we got bigger and better. It was a health, fitness and education company where we empowered our clients both here in Australia and around the world through online programs to move more, nourish their body, rejuvenate regularly, and build social connections uh, with great people in their lives. Yeah, so that business, uh, it, was, it was fabulous. I had it for 17 years. Mm. We won awards. I uh, was you know, voted in by colleagues to be president of our industry associations. And then those 17 years later, I was able to sell it um, for the price that I asked for and on the terms that I asked for, which uh, was amazing. Uh, I, I never, when I was in that stinky garage, I <laughs> never had foreseen uh, what it could become. You know, it just, it was a really interesting thing that happened. Um, and then I had a second one. I, it started, I suppose you would call it a side hustle these days. Mm -hmm. uh, it, that terminology didn't exist back then. Exactly. I called it a passion project. Right. Uh, it was something I did in my spare time. And I had gone to a country called Vanuatu, which is a small island in the Pacific yeah. Ocean from uh, Australia. And when I was 20 as a teacher, and it stole a piece of my heart. And so what I did was I created a, an education not-for-profit, uh, which was this side hustle that I had. And over many years, we had really empowering education and literacy projects and girls' empowerment projects there in Vanuatu. Um, you know, it, 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 it grew again to something that I hadn't imagined. We ended up having board of directors. You know, we got the overseas tax deductibility status. We had hundreds of volunteers across three countries. And we had impacted the lives of thousands of children with our, our projects. Um, 
Unfortunately, though, uh, five months after I uh, sold the first business, I was leading a volunteer team in um, to, to our projects in Vanuatu, and we got mixed up in some local cultural conflict that actually had nothing to do with us. But unfortunately, one night uh, as we were sleeping, uh, a group threw petrol bombs at our buildings mm. with the intention to burn us alive. And as you can imagine, uh, that had a pretty big impact on, on all of us. Uh, for me, I really suffered terribly with post-traumatic stress disorder, sure. crippling insomnia, physical pain from my injuries, emotional pain from the loss and betrayals. And, but out of bad stories, good things can come. And what happened is that due to the fact that I needed all of this recovery time, uh, my my not-for-profit actually folded, which you wouldn't think was a very good thing. And it wasn't at the time. And the reason that had happened was that I, I hadn't built it like my first business. Mm. You know, it had been this kind of side thing that yeah. was just evolving, not, no strategy to it. And when I needed all this recovery time, uh, the, the company wasn't resilient enough to withstand this time for me to step away being the founder, the owner, the sure. face of the business. And what it taught me, though, was that it takes far more than just resilient people within organisations to uh, be able to deal with stressful, uncertain and changeable times like we are going through right now. It has to be a top-down, bottom-up approach where the organisation needs to be resilient with, with realistic policies that can be, you know, documented and followed through. Mm. Uh, risk, risk, you know, what happens where if this happens? Uh, making safe environments, having empowering education programs, having practical, measurable KPIs that the people can actually work towards and feel challenged and motivated by. But as well, you know, building the resilience of the people within the organisation. So, you know, out of that really terrible time in my life, it, it has led to what I now do. And that is, you know, helping organisations to build their organisational resilience, build the leadership resilience and build the professional resilience of the people within the company. Um, so, yeah, that's that's the backstory. So, so. You, you kind of, there's a very quick transition from, you know, the traumatic experience you had, the recovery, and then all of a sudden this, this was launched out of that, you know, the kind of the, yeah. the, out of the Phoenix rising out of the ashes, so to speak a little bit. So, but tell Literally. me, was there something that, um, yeah, no pun intended, sorry, but the, the, yeah, was there okay. something <laughs> that, um, was there, was there a moment in time oh, that someone I asked just... you? And they, did someone ask you specifically and said, and then it kind of triggered in your mind, this is what I need to do. Was there some moment in that recovery process that someone said, could you help me with this little project or you saw a need or whatever and you just kind of stepped into that because that's a pretty big yeah, leap. Yeah, that's a great question because, you know, after selling that first business, I, you know, I had planned to take a year off sabbatical, just hang out, chill out. Um, you know, as you know, when you've had a business for 17 years, we opened at six in the morning, we closed at 8.30 at night, six days a week. I mean, I was exhausted. I, I was ready for a good break. Yeah. And I had 
I, I wanted not to put any pressure on me myself about what was next. But, you know, as entrepreneurs, we are very creative and, you know, this kind of this little bubble kept going off in my brain and in my tummy about, well, what, what do I want to be next? Who, who do I want to be? Who do, and what do I want to recreate? What, who do I want to serve? And what problem do I want to solve? Sure. So these, this was just kind of going on in my head. And, and, and post that incident, I suppose that whole... Um, the the whole thing around resilience just it just kept floating around I didn't know what it was going to be or how it would shape in the future but to me it was just this message of resilience was something that was very connected to the last 17 years of my my life mm. um, you know you have to be resilient to start a business it's not yeah, easy sure. at all and we all go through huge amounts of ups and downs so I know that all business owners have a great level of resilience already, but yeah, it, 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 it was more the fact that I knew that I had something to really shape and gift and I knew I could serve such a, um, a big part of the community who I feel, you know, I, I, I had started with getting asked into organisations to build the resilience of their teams. That were kind of just those types of lunch and learn workshops. Yeah, yeah. And but it kept coming up for me like, well, you know, what are you doing to your people that m makes them need to build their resilience more? <laughs> so, That's a know, great this, question. Not just, yeah, it's not just about your people. We have to look at the whole workplace, the whole organisation about, you know, this, all the strategies that are involved to make it this holistic mm. um, strategy. Yeah, I, I love that word. And I, I mean, it's actually funny that you, you specifically mentioned the word holistic, because as you were kind of describing the service itself, you know, that you're providing to companies, I'm thinking that's, that's a comprehensive, holistic approach. You know, it's, it's bottom up, top down, and it, it's, it's really attacking all areas that of, of the business itself from, from multi, almost like a 360 degree, uh, you know, approach. So yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, absolutely. What I'm, what I'm saying right now is that we need calm, kind, smart and visionary leaders within our mm. companies. They need to be able to look to people who can be calm about what the world is going through. Um, they also need to be able to look to somebody who has all the information that is real information. It's not the clickbait and catastrophizing um, media that right. we're just seeing through social media. We need, we need leaders who can pull together what the actual um, stats are and, mm. and, 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 and give that to people. We need, we need leaders to be kind, <laughs> kind to their people, because this is something that none of us have ever experienced. And, and people's reaction to stressful, uncertain and changeable times is very different to the person next to them. And we've got to be patient with people's response to it and how they're going to show up. Yeah. Um, so be, being kind to each other is another one. But um, it's this visionary component because... None of us want to feel that our life as we know it, I mean, we, we're going to have to live in a new norm. There's no doubt about that. But we're not going to have to live in the norm that we've got right now. We need people, we need leaders to show us there is a way through, that there is an optimistic outcome from 
all that we're having to deal with right now. So this is what I'm, 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 I'm talking to, you know, the CEOs, the HR leaders about how we can make sure we have calm, kind, smart and visionary leaders in our organisations so that we can just calm everybody um, down a little and be able to get on with what we're doing. So how do you fix a, an organization that might have somebody that's calm and kind and smart, but is not visionary, or maybe they're, they're missing an element of that? Can you, can you generate vision? Can you, is that something you can, you can add to your repertoire, or is that you either have it or you don't? Well, I think, and that's, that's the, this is a, the issue as well, that, um, of course, all kind of education programs and workshops have been cancelled because normally they are in a face-to-face -face capacity. Um, you know, it's certainly something that I've experienced, but what we need more than ever right now is to bring people together to give them this kind of smart information mm. to help them be the leaders that, that they need, that the world needs right now. And this is where it's so important that we get together on, on you know, Zoom, like we are both right. doing right now, Kevin, and that you have people that can support uh, the leaders within organisations so they can support the people. And I think these are teachable. You know, it's like all things. Um, if you don't have it, but you are wanting to learn, then these are certainly teachable uh, traits that we, we, can, we can teach right now, without doubt. Yeah, I, I love the way you frame that is, is that, I mean, none of us are born with all of these traits inherent in who we are. I mean, the, we do have to grow into them. I mean, you have propensities yes. and you have, you know, certain tendencies and, and things like that built into your, your character yeah. traits. But I love the way that you, you frame the kind of developing into good leaders and visionary yeah. leaders and kind leaders and smart leaders. Yes. And give yeah. me two or three steps that you think are foundational for someone starting a business today that, that you learned when you first started. Two or three steps from my original business, I think is what I heard. Yes, exactly. I, um, yeah. Okay. Well, I, I, I'd love to share with you um, one of the worst things I did. Um, one of the don't do this moments. <laughs> That's if, great. <laughs> Yes, I, um, you know, there was this whole kind of movement in marketing about sending lumpy mail to people. And, you know, that means like there's something that people got something up in the post in their letterboxes, but it was lumpy. So they're like, wow, what's in this? You know, when we're all on emails, it's quite exciting. Oh, you know, I've got a handwritten envelope. There's something lumpy in it. I wonder what it is. And, you know, they, they, it's the first thing they open. Um, now, I'd had this bright idea. We had this five-week challenge going on in, during winter, and I'd come up with this great poem about the challenge. And, uh, you know, I'd said something like, you know, shake out the mothballs out of your life so you can, you know, have more vitality. I can't quite remember. And I, for Lumpy Mail, I'd put a mothball in everybody's envelope thinking this was such a great idea. Of course, timing is everything. And um, I had done that just after the anthrax attack oh. in oh, America no. and <laughs> without thinking about that. <laughs> so I had numerous phone calls from people saying that they had nearly called the police because they thought somebody was sending them anthrax in the post and that how dare I when they have children and oh my gosh, it was a complete disaster. But yeah, anyway, it's you know all about the timing and making sure that you that's hilarious that's right yeah. oh my gosh yeah. 
I've done the 150 interviews or so. That is the funniest startup story I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so you got to don't do this. Now, how about a don't couple do, of do these? Uh, do these. Yeah, yeah, look, I think for, for me, the do these are certainly about understanding your target market. Who is it that you are wanting to serve? And what are the problems that they do have um, that you know that you can um, serve for them? Uh, it's, it's really difficult if you're unsure who you're marketing to. And I, I think this was a lesson that took me a long time uh, because... I suppose in the kind of health and fitness industry, you know, everyone want, everyone should be health and fit, right? We should be able to just target everybody. Um, but of course, you then become this this small thing to, to to no one really. So, my real key about is that really understanding who your best clients are going to be, and 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 really find who that niche is. They won't be your whole market. But at least when you're talking through your marketing, uh, that you understand who you're speaking to directly. Have that person's face and name right. in front of you, so you're speaking directly to them. Yeah, that is that is great advice, and and um, I mean I I love the way you kind of frame. This is what I you shouldn't do. This is what you should do. You know when you when <laughs> yes. you first start. So, are there yeah. are there Wait, is there another not knowing that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. In hindsight, it's, it's your vision is perfect in hindsight. So is there anything Correct. else that you would add that, that, uh, you know, that you really learned early on, you know, maybe a hard lesson learned early on that you think really helped you be successful? Yeah, I, I think for me, it was the building of relationships um, with my staff. You know, they, you can't, you can't do, you can't scale, you can't grow, you can't be a profitable business unless you have really good people on your team. And this doesn't stop with just being a good recruiter and making sure you've got the most skilled person uh, within your company for whatever that might be. It's really about building relationships and getting to know them personally, getting to know, know their whole life so that when times get tough, like times right now, that there are people who are willing to step up and be there for the business, for you, for themselves, because they know that you have done the right thing year after year after year to, to, to treat them well. Um, right. I think, you know, putting your people first, your staff first, is the absolute key to business success. I, I love the way you framed that. And it is, uh, I think it is so true. And I mean, I think in the most difficult times, like, you know, sometimes we're facing right now. I mean, just the difficulties of, of the, the pandemic, it's, it's amazing, you know. So my last question is, um, yes. what are you doing specifically in your business to kind of deal with the kind of pandemic? Yeah, well, at the moment, I'm, I'm recreating my business again, it seems, um, you know, with the fact that I did conferences, events, workshops, this uh, now has to be an online digital solution. So I'm curating all the education, all the information and content that I've had over you know, so many years into a, a, a digital solution, uh, which is 
my resilient leader program that I used to do within organisations. So recreating everything from the face-to-face work that I have been doing over the last, you know, number of years into a digital solution. So, you know, with this kind of resilient leader program that I've always done within organisations, with professional resilience, leadership resilience, workplace resilience, we're now recreating it into an online version where we then, you know, I'm having this type of conversation with the leaders so we can best put in place the strategies to help them get through these stressful, uncertain and changeable times. Well, it is, it is very timely. Um, it is. <laughs> I mean, the, no pun intended again, but um, I just applaud you for being able to adapt so quickly, you know, uh, to whatever the current climate is. But is there anything I haven't asked you about that you would like to wrap up with? Um, look, I think that uh, just with what I said before, you know, we do need calm, kind, smart and visionary leaders. Mm. And it's very easy for uh, the leaders right now to be feeling not very resilient because not only uh, has a whole working life change where people in their teams are now working from home, they they may have... Um, being cut down for with hours they may have partners at home who've lost jobs they've got children perhaps being homeschooled I mean there is just so many layers to the stress that people are experiencing that I um, really I've I've got a tool that helps people measure uh, their resilience and I think it's a really important like we when we talk about KPIs and understanding our kind of starting reality then we put things in place with the idea that we improve our KPI over here. Well, it's also important to understand our resilience KPI, like how are we going right now? And, you know, I kind of, I've always taught about our resilience being like a bucket. And when times are good, your bucket is strong and sturdy. When times get wobbly, like these ones, uh, little rusty holes start forming and As we know with rust, um, it starts off little and then gets a lot bigger. And once those big holes form, all our strengths and capabilities start flowing out. So what the idea of this quiz is, is that we get our starting reality right now. Like how, how are these really tricky times impacting us with our resilience? we know the impact it's having on us actually so it's about two minutes to get the you get your score and then you're able to put things in place to hopefully improve on that score because you know we need resilient people to get us through this these times you know we're all feeling very out of control about what we have control over right now Mm. and there are many things we don't have control of what we do have control though is to build our own resilience so we can be the smart, kind, calm, and visionary leaders that our world needs right now. Well, Heidi, what a way to wrap up our, our chat tonight. I, uh, it's early morning for you, but uh, thank you for yeah. just taking the time to kind of unpack this in such a timely I mean, moment in history um, that yeah. where we really need resilience. We need kindness. We need smart, wise, visionary leadership. And uh, Heidi, just thank you again for just playing your part and helping all boats rise in a rising tide. Have a great day. Uh, You too, Kevin. Another episode in the books. We hope you heard some great takeaways. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a five-star review on iTunes and YouTube. 
As always, thanks for listening to Rising Tide.